You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. everybody welcome back to another episode of late night drive my name is ellie schnitt i'm michaela oakland and we'd love to welcome you to our show every single Mm. time i get stuck with it um but we're happy to have you here yep we're thrilled to have you back (laughs) we have a good one today actually i'm pretty i'm pretty excited yet also nervous for today's Mm -hmm. episode we're talking about a fairly heavy topic um abortion however it's really also like a beautiful, <laughs> not abortion itself is beautiful, but like the stories beautiful. that we'll be telling, I believe are beautiful. Um, and I'm excited to share it and very honored that you guys shared these stories with us as well. Absolutely. But of course, before we get into that. Oh, it's silly goofy time. Silly goofy time. <laughs> Spring has sprung. <laughs> Spring indeed has sprung. <laughs> I was on a walk today and there were daffodils and crocuses and the trees are starting to leaf and stuff. Yeah, see, I know because I start sneezing. I'm like the groundhog. And as soon as I start sneezing, mm. I know that the blossoms are blooming and the pollen is near. You know what? I'm like that with post-nasal drip. I start mm. getting post-nasal drip and I'm like, oh, She's here. Spring. I see my Spring shadow. <laughs> it's way more reliable than the groundhog. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should be like on TV, televised, sniffling and sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that is a sort of what I've always wanted to be known for, you know? Mm, like mm-hmm. some people have higher ambitions, but me, no. I would like to sniffle and sneeze. <laughs> on live television, yeah. <laughs> um. So you wanted to talk about some Q2 goals. Yeah, because... Two. It's going to be April. It's going to be April. And that's the start of Q2. I don't even know that song. So I'm just like, yep, it's going to be what? It's going to be May. You know, when he goes, it's going to be May. And everyone always does it at the end of April because it's going to be May. But he means it's going to be me. But he says it's going to be May. Like he just has a bad accent. Oh, 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 oh. No, okay. Well, no, I'm caught up. I think I'm caught the girlies up. will get it. Yeah. No, so <laughs> it's April. Almost. It's still technically March right now, but it's April. And I'm really excited because I feel like I really thrive in Q2. I mm-hmm. feel like the spring months are always really good to me. April yes. is usually a pretty good month for me. So yeah, I have to say in favor of April, it's just the weather where I can do a little walk for my mental mm, health and yes. I'm not cold. I'm not too hot. Mm. I just slap on an audiobook and I go think about things. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's the perfect flirty little walk weather. Plus, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, I just feel more hopeful. There's something about like, yeah. <laughs> seeing color again that I'm like, mm, and the world might be OK, actually. Yeah, shit's blooming and maybe I will as well. And perhaps I bloom <laughs> like a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Oh my God. I was actually, I started reading a book called Joyful and the whole premise is the scientific reasons that colors make us happy because in nature we're like 
supposed to seek out colorful things because that's where the food is, like the fruits and the stuff like that. And it means fertility and vegetation or whatever. I don't know. I've honestly only gone a few pages in. So it's really hard to say. I was going to say, like, I don't know that that totally makes sense because aren't like super colorful things also poisonous? But that's why they do it because because they're trying to to trick you because they're trying to lure you in. But you would <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, this is why would sense. they want to be eaten? What do you think they would want you to stay away from them? Like they're but not like, warning like us. A, but like a carnivorous plant or something. Like I don't know. We'll, so mm. Girlies, do the research and let us know. I think like this, like the frogs, you know. Because I don't think that frogs have an active desire to kill people. Like, and look, I could be wrong. And like cancel me if I'm wrong, if frogs no, have no, bad no, you're intentions. Right. No, you're right because I've Googled it. They do warn people <laughs> to stay away. Mm. So yeah, I'm getting mixed signals. I'm getting mixed signals, <laughs> I will say. And I'm going to go and I'm going to open my book back up and get through the first chapter. And you let us know what happens there because now I'm, ba- I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, but I am happy. Um, and I'm trying to... Uh, implement some new some goals just Mm -hmm. wellness goals honestly Mm -hmm. like things that I know make me feel better but are bite-sized enough that I can do them something that I have a really hard time with and this is what I'm focusing on in therapy a lot right now um, because I have a lot of like executive dysfunction it's really hard for me to do things and then also I have a hard time doing things out of order like I have Mm. a problem when things are not (laughs) precisely planned out so the goal is that I get out of bed in the morning without having a plan of what I'm going to do that day. Just get out of bed regardless and start getting ready for the day. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of times I'll just lay in bed until I'm like, well, what am I going to do today? But sometimes I don't have anything to do today. So I'm like, well, what's the point? And then all of a sudden it's (laughs) 1 p.m. and I haven't like taken my pajamas off, you know? And I would like to stop doing that. So I'm just going to leap out of bed when my alarm goes off and start getting ready and see what happens. That's my goal. Good for you. Good for you. My goal is to not have alarms, but to still <laughs> fix fix my sleep schedule so that I'm mm. just naturally waking up a bit earlier. That's when I'm at my most mentally healthy, I think. That's really like sweet. A- I will sleep until 2 p.m. if I don't have an alarm. That's my natural sleep cycle. I have a really strong internal clock. Like if I Mm. even do set an alarm for something, I will wake up like five minutes before every single time because my body's like, it's that time that you were warning us about. Let's get up real quick. Oh, no, I sleep like a rock. Like I really Mm -hmm. do. It's it's bad. Like I'll sleep forever if I if I can. I'll sleep forever. Huh. Well, good for you. Thank you Good for you. You were born to hibernate. I really was. I was born for in the cold months in particular. Like I just think like my ancestors were kneeling in potato fields in the spring, you know, and the fall and stuff. But other than that, like we were inside. Okay, honey, we were inside. So I feel like I'm kind of an indoor cat in that sense. Yeah, my my Q2 goals are more like do maybe learn a few recipes that I would like to do that. I'd like to have some classics. Um, and oh, I got a Korean tutor. So I heard. Yes. So that's something I'm trying. I'm really putting my, never mind. (laughs) Your best foot forward. Yeah. I was going to say something. Yeah. Let's move. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say McCussy. Yeah, put that, put your whole McCussy into it. No, 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 I didn't mean to do that. No, because you made me, there there were Eliussi trials like written out. And so we're going to (laughs) have McCussy on here as well. Thank you. That's equality and that's feminism. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
And thank God, because that's really what this episode's all about. You know what Feminism. I mean? Well, it's the end of Women's History Month. Yeah. Gotta get it in now. Sort Gotta of. get it in because <laughs> after this month, bitches, you better get back to the kitchen. Well, I am in the kitchen, I will say. I I have been in the you kitchen. You have sort of been in your kitchen era. Um, I feel like it's not. giving off the wrong impression because... <laughs> Because I keep making things from scratch, which I'm very proud of. And then people are saying, you know, very housewife vibes. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just making food for myself because I am a single person who has to make food. Like, I I have to feed myself. You do, in fact, have to feed yourself, you know. But uh, it's Lent. I don't know if you've ever, you've probably never done that. Why would I have ever done that? It's also Ramadan. How is it? Is it similar? Do they give up something they don't eat um, when the sun is up for 40 days, I think. Wow. It's either 30 or 40 days. But it's, uh, yeah, that's why there's actually in like predominantly Muslim countries, there are more car accidents and road rage during Ramadan. Oh my God, <laughs> like that makes dangerous so much time sense. Because people are fucking hungry. <laughs> well, isn't Lent Catholic? It's not Christian, yes. is it? Right? Lent yeah, is so- Catholic. So I wasn't raised Catholic, but I think we did Lent sometimes just because my parents thought it'd be a good parenting tactic to be like Totes. hey you're gonna give up something that i want you to give up this, <laughs> this sort month. of like a 30-day challenge you know yeah. <laughs> like, like, sort of like a tiktok challenge um i should ask my brother if he's giving anything up for lent you know my catholic brother who lives in omaha when did he convert to catholicism remember like two years ago on my birthday what <laughs> do you remember <laughs> no <laughs> he, he called you no remember it was my my 20 20- fourth birthday and I came home my parents were like his baptism is uh it's on the 28th do you want to go I was like I'm sorry I'm not okay I love my brother (laughs) there's no world in which I'm going to a catholic church on Mm. on my on my birthday like we're already sort of in a global pandemic I'm Mm. in the process of quitting my job and it's very difficult like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out and I'm gonna go to a pancake house that's so real. Did your parents go? Yeah, of course. <laughs> wow, that sounds like fun. I've never I seen I bought him a, a necklace. That was, that's so nice of you. Yeah. Wow, that's really sweet. So for the holidays now, do you give him Christmas presents? What's the situation for the holidays? We do. He also does uh, say grace before meals. Wow, what a melting pot household. Yeah, what, an, what, an <laughs> what an interesting time for us, like as a family. Uh, it's also, by the way, Passover next week. A lot of holidays. A lot of religious holidays are happening at the moment. And There's a lot of spring holidays. Yeah, that's fun. I don't know. I, I like the sort of moral guidelines of some of the holidays, like give up a worldly thing for mm. some time. That's probably good for you. Well, During Passover, you're not supposed to eat yeast, so... Um, that's kind of fun. There's also like a whole thing about spring cleaning for Passover because you want to get all the crumbs out. You don't want any leavened bread in your house. So you end up doing like a big spring clean and you throw out all the bread in your house and stuff and you don't eat any leavened bread. Um, wow. Maybe we should do an episode on religious traditions. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. That sounds fun. (laughs) Speaking of religious traditions, Kanye West is back on Instagram. I could not believe when you sent us that fucking Instagram post. I, I was know. like, this is AI. Like, somebody made this on Photoshop. This is not real. No, I, I did go to his Instagram to look it up and, like, make sure it was real. Because I also was not positive. But in case you didn't see this, <laughs> Kanye basically posted, like, 
I like Jews again because of Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street. And like, listen, <laughs> she's right. That's a great movie. He um, dates a high schooler in that movie. But not, oh, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> I forget about that. I do forget about that. Kanye was Um, like, redemption. He was like, I get it now. I get it. He just has Riz. Like, Jews have Riz, and I get it. Mm. No, it just is a fascinating thing. I'm like, that's a lot of pressure to put on Jonah Hill, you know? Yeah. Don't fuck up Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, you better fuck up for us. (laughs) There will be many an Instagram post coming if Jonah Hill steps out of line. God. I wonder who he's going to discover next. Jerry Seinfeld? He should watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. He'll love it. Someone should really be commenting all of the classics on (laughs) Kanye's Instagram page. Oh, uh, some Mel Brooks movies. It'll be good for him. Yeah, I hear you have a shopping tip. Oh my God, I do. I had a... Okay, so you know how I I have a mental breakdown about once a quarter and I buy a bunch of clothes? So I sort of get (laughs) freaked out and then I'm like, I just need to spend a lot of money on clothes right now. And that's sort of my clothes for the season, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. It makes sense. So it actually works out pretty well for me. I don't have a shopping problem per se, but I will say I love to save money because who doesn't? If I'm going to buy a lot of clothes, I want to save some money on it. Well, I discovered something recently. So I buy most of my clothes from Abercrombie. I assume that like with most websites, um, when you click on sale, it's just the things that, you know, are like sort of on the website as like, oh, it's 25% off jeans right now. And it would just be that. Mm -hmm. No, it's clothes that like going back months and months, years even of theirs that are like on sale, like right now on their website, on the main page, they have a pair of jeans. They are high-waisted, flared, like whatever. They're cute. Anyways, Mm -hmm. they're like 95 bucks on the main page. Right now they're on sale for like 75 bucks. That's fine. But I found them in this sale section and you click it. I found them for $30. Same jean, same exact pant in my size. I bought that instead. Wait, I'm so confused. So if you click the sale page, you're seeing some of the same stuff for sale price. What? For different prices. It's it's insane. You have to do a little digging, but like if you do the digging, I'm telling wow. you it's really good shit and it's the same stuff that you would get but at prices that are cheaper. I'm sure Abercrombie does not want people to know this, but I don't care cuz I'm going to keep doing it, you know? That's incredible. I wonder how many websites have something like that. I do wonder. It, it's we like sh- all their like archived stuff, but it's it's on there. Yeah, if you guys know of anywhere else, please let us know and we will list them in the preceding episodes. Is preceding correct? <laughs> Proceeding, I think, is before. Well, you know what it... Take that and opposite it, and that's you what's know what true. we meant. <laughs> it's opposite day. Oh, I wanted to talk about those women. Which which ones? The the white ladies, the, the white ladies on TikTok that have a podcast. <laughs> the, old, the older ladies that are oh, just the ones, haters. Oh, my God. The ones... Uh, what was the main quote that I'm thinking of? She was like... She's like, this girl manifested her oh. whole life. Well, I bet you this, honey. And she says something like, you know what? I bet it was that she can she can suck the chrome jet fuel off a- chrome off a <laughs> tailpipe or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with old ladies who are haters. They're not old, but older women who are just haters. They're mm, haters. And that's going to be us. You know what? I hope we become more hateful. 
I could see a really fun, hateful older lady future for us. Yeah, I think once we like stop giving a shit so much about people liking us because, mm. you know, society no longer has use for older women or whatever, I feel like you do gain a little bit of bite. And I think that'll yeah. be fun for us. <laughs> wow. Give us that bite. Yeah, no, that's fun. Um, we have a new we have a new little segment, a new fun yes. segment to share. We'll call it that. It's called the roadside attraction. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like the world's largest ball of yarn. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we're pulling over because we've just seen something absolutely astounding that we must show you. And this (laughs) week, Ellie really wanted to talk about. I really wanted to talk about the vagina phrenology lady. Mm, So here's what happened. There was this woman who, okay, now I know way too much about this woman because people, of course, have like dug up her backstory. But... She posted this, I don't know, I think it was a tweet thread, but one of the tweets was a picture of a bunch of, I want to say like they were plaster casts of vaginas. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I guess you you got your vagina plastered and then they were like, this is what your vagina looks like, right? It was like a, a mold yeah, like a, yeah, in the I shape what, of your Kind vagina. of like statue vibes, but you know. Totally, but it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like different vulvas all look different. The point of the project was like, there's no one type of, you know, vagina that is the right one. We all have beautiful bodies, whatever. So this mm-hmm. woman, she's um, she's a TERF. So she's a trans-exclusionary radical feminist, which means she's like very anti-trans women and mm-hmm. trans men, I'm sure, but like in this particular case. So she goes and she circles a bunch of the different labia casts. And she's mm-hmm. like, these ones, you can tell, are real women. Ooh. The other ones, keep an eye out because those are not real vaginas. Those are fake vaginas. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really insane. And I feel like this is a theme that comes up in a lot of um, discriminatory ideologies is like, oh, I can tell the fake ones. Like, I can tell who's not really a member of our group. And then it's like always based on some arbitrary thing that isn't real. Well, and the best part was there was a porn star who commented and she was like, actually, that one looks exactly like my vagina, like one of the ones that wasn't commented. And the lady goes, look closer, look again. (laughs) And then she was like, girl, I have edited close up shots of my entire vagina. Like, trust me, I know. And then she, the lady was like, well, I looked I went and looked. I Googled it and I don't think you're seeing it correctly. Like this crazy exchange. And then she personally DMs the woman and she the 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 turf emails the porn star. Sorry, nice. I don't know their names and that sounds reductive, but you know what I mean? Um, and she's like, send me up. Send me a picture. Send me, you know, a close up picture so I can compare. <laughs> it's don't just so feel- insane. It's so insane. At what point do you not say to yourself, I think I may be in the wrong. I think I may be the crazy one. I think I might be losing it a little, you know? I think a lot of women don't know that vulva can also look so many different ways. (laughs) Like, I feel like we kind of avoid maybe, I don't know, really examining it that deeply. Mm, and I think yeah. that that's a problem in general, but this is obviously very different. I've been seeing a lot of turf stuff on Twitter lately. Like there's I definitely been a huge influx and like a lot of, 
you aren't a woman because you haven't had to experience the trials and tribulations of growing up as a woman. Mm. And I always think of it through the lens of like, okay, what about women throughout history in different countries who have like specific laws for their womanhood, specific this or that? If you listen to their experience, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're not a woman because our experiences are different. You would be like, oh, of course you are a woman who's had different experiences than me. You know what I mean? Well, where it really starts to fall apart and like we are sort of talking about this a little bit later, but it's like Mm -hmm. there's this argument of like, well, you know, you can't give birth, you know, so you're not a woman. You don't have a uterus. You're not a woman. Okay, what about women who can't get pregnant? What about women who don't have uteruses, hysterectomies? Is a woman who had a hysterectomy because she had like ovarian cancer? Is she not a mm-hmm. woman? Like by your definition? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's the whole so thing many apart. different experiences that are experiences of womanhood. And mm-hmm. like you only point it out as not being that if it's a trans person's. But like you wouldn't even go there in your head if it was just someone who was a cisgendered woman. Well, I don't it's know. the whole thing of like now it's I saw an article that was like because of all these laws against um uh, surgeries for trans people, like gender affirming surgeries, it's mm-hmm. also going to perhaps be harder for some women to get treatment for breast cancer. Like, yeah, it's it's trickling down in a way that's like it's not going to be good for anybody. So maybe we stop. Like, hey, we should stop. And we're going to see that in our main topic as we well are. when we're getting laws on abortions for women who are having horrible issues with the pregnancy that they wanted. I mean, yeah, we have. A lot of plenty to talk about here. But yeah, that was just such like such an insane thing. And she did sort of become the main character on Twitter for a little while, which was which is nice. I like when we all come together um, really to make fun of someone who deserves it, because I think often we come together and make fun of people who don't deserve it. So when it's somebody who's just being insane, like who's genuinely being the worst that's such a good point you know it feels nice Mm -hmm. it does it feels nice i'm sorry it does like enough about Haley bieber and selena gomez let's talk about the vagina what's it what phrenology vagina phrenology lady (laughs) (laughs) anyways that's our roadside attraction so if you can picture in your head it's just sort of like a bunch of giant vaginas that's our roadside attraction today and a big turf's head on top of it and just point and laugh, <laughs> point and laugh at the roadside like, oh, attraction. What a crazy roadside attraction. Get back in the car. We'll protect you. <laughs> we'll keep you safe. <laughs> the vagina phrenologist lady cannot hurt you. <laughs> well, we could giggle and goof and gaff for years longer, quite frankly. Um, but we have a very important topic that we really do want to get into the meat of today. Uh, so without further ado, shall we get into it? Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and you know your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix 
or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. Hey, hey, we're back. Um, we have a few different sections for our main topic of abortion today. And we did want to start out with just like a very brief overview of where the laws are standing at this current moment. Obviously, we had the huge overturning of Roe v. Wade last June, which is I mean, less than a year ago, really recently. As far as this week, we have a big law in Wyoming um, that passed but then was blocked by the courts about specifically banning abortion via pill. I guess this is kind of in conjunction with a federal judge in Texas who's considering ordering a nationwide ban on the abortion pill. Um, my Mifepristone. <laughs> I think it's Mifepristone. Totally. Mifepristone? I fucking don't know. I'm sorry. Mifepristone. Mifepristone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, it's something that is used for abortions and we do want it to stay legal. But yeah, True. so that's where we're at right now. Uh, currently, 13 states are now enforcing bans on abortion at any point Ugh. in pregnancy. And one more, Georgia bans it once cardiac activity can be detected or about six weeks so yeah lots of stuff but you know it is changing super constantly do you remember like the day that that supreme court decision came down like i feel like it's that that the moment that like it's really hard to forget where you were mm -hmm. or like what you were doing when you heard it you know how people say that about this is so off topic but like michael jackson's death it's like <laughs> Like, I know where I was when Michael Jackson died. I, I, was, know where I, was. I do. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. No, I do. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like my friend being like, this is really hard for my family and texting me it while I was like in the bathroom in my elementary school home. Yeah. Oh, OK. Sorry. I thought <laughs> first, I thought you were talking about the abortion ban. No, no, no. I was talking about Michael Jackson. OK, sorry. amazing. No, no, yeah. For the abortion ban, that was the day that I tweeted about the fact that I've had an abortion. That yeah. was like a very... Ooh, I was sweating so much that day. That's we'll get into tweet. it. <laughs> yeah. But that was the day I was having my birthday party because I fucking oh. this keeps <laughs> happening to me. I throw parties on bad days. 9-11, uh, <gasps> you know, the abortion, <laughs> Roe v. Wade getting overturned. I was. Oh, God. And I went to a protest on on that day because what else could you do? Everyone was fucking pissed and scared and sad. It was awful. Yeah, I think it was probably one of the biggest law passing days that in our lifetime we've ever Certainly in our lifetime. Maybe yeah. gay marriage was a big oh, one, yeah. 2008. Yeah. No, it was like 2015. Was it? Yeah. 20? Yeah, it was like the year we went to college, like Why early in college. 2008. Why do I feel like it was so long ago? Maybe that was Iowa. Wow. It was it was an Obama thing. It was like the last year I think of his um administration. Oh, right, because even in his in his like when he was running 
he was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I support gay marriage, which is crazy. Okay, off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, there was like this one TikTok going around on Twitter that I just had to bring up um, before we get into all of the stories. Basically, the guy said something along the lines of, I always tell the women I get pregnant that I don't want to be a father to these children, and I offer to pay for the abortion, but some don't get one. They want me to be responsible for children. I told them I didn't want. I can't force a woman to get an abortion, so I shouldn't be forced to be financially or emotionally responsible for the children. A woman says, my body, my choice, but it's my life, my choice. You know, this is an extreme example because obviously this man has had many children. And what do you mean every time I get a woman pregnant? But I do still kind of want to address the logic of saying, If a woman gets to choose to not have an abortion, then why does the man have to be responsible for the kid he didn't want? Like, she gets a choice, I don't get one. You know, I think it's a little bit crazy, but I can see that that's an attractive thought process for a lot of people to hear. I don't know. In my opinion, it's like anyone who thinks about it critically for longer than the duration of a TikTok can kind of (laughs) see that it's a very thinly veiled defense. I don't know why you're acting like you don't have a choice. You had equal choice in having sex and using a condom. You had the choice to pull out. Once the child is born, you have equal responsibility in caring for it. All of the decisions before and after shoulder the same weight. The only part that the woman gets the sole choice on is the part that's like a burden. It's whether she goes through a pregnancy or a surgery. I just think he sounds fucking stupid. Here's the thing. You know, if you have nothing nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. I have some very not nice things to say to this man. But it's ridiculous to act like you didn't have the same amount of responsibility in. He said, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. He literally said that quote. Yeah, you could have. Like, that was your choice. That was your decision. I don't know. Get a fucking vasectomy if you don't want to have kids. Have you considered that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And like there have been male contraceptives that were developed. Like there was one in the 1950s that was developed before the female birth control pill was given out. However, it didn't work if you drank alcohol. So the thing is, there have been a lot of different male birth control pills that have been working and like studied and were viable options. The thesis of what I'm trying to say is that the male body doesn't have the risk-reward relationship with birth control, so even a tiny risk of blood clots or strokes will, like, doom a male contraceptive, whereas for women it's like, yes, taking this birth control increases the risk of deadly blood clots, but pregnancy increases the risk tenfold, so you're already working with, like, a body (laughs) where, you know, either one is bad, so you can get women to take something more easily than being like, oh, hi guys, you will never have to deal with pregnancy but if you take this pill that prevents pregnancy you'll get acne and weight gain and maybe you know mood swings just like not the same it's like women are just expected to be okay with suffering (laughs) right the point that i got from his video is the choice he's talking about women having is just the burden Mm. the burden to take all of these contraceptives the burden to have a pregnancy or an abortion The choice is all the bad stuff. If you want to switch places, do it. You know what I mean? Like if we're so lucky, switch places. Shit, okay. You had a pretty bad experience with like, with IUDs, right? Well, yeah, birth control is fucking the worst. It -hmm. it literally is horrible. I know that people really love uh, using IUDs. I did have a fucking insane experience with one, Um, which by the way is interesting because, you know, they're trying to ban, fuck, 
Mifepristone, 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 um, they're trying to ban this drug. I was taking it before I was supposed to get my IUD insertion because it has the effect of like it softens your cervix to make the IUD insertion a little bit easier and less painful. Now, Mm -hmm. did that help for me? Fucking no, it didn't. But, you know, in theory, (laughs) that's another use of this drug that they're, you know, causing women more pain. But anyways, so, yeah, I was supposed to get an IUD that... mm, it's almost hard to talk about like people were like yeah it hurts like it really hurts have you ever been able to feel the feeling of somebody touching one of your internal organs (laughs) and you're Uh. awake and their (laughs) hand is like wrist deep like oh my god you okay they're also trying to get your fucking cervix open i haven't had children so obviously my cervix is not open that's just Mm -hmm. not what it is because that i'm not someone who's had children yet so they're like Mm -hmm. ratcheting open my fucking cervix with like a tool i'm like gushing blood i literally passed out because it hurt so much and they couldn't get it in and they're like let's just try one more time and i'm like i will fucking murder i'll kill you right now my poor mom was standing next to me she's traumatized you know she's sobbing like i'm crying i'm throwing up i'm passing out like it was horrifying and like that was just so i wouldn't have to take pills because the pill was like making me crazy (laughs) the pill was making me suicidal so i was like oh maybe i'll (laughs) maybe i'll get the iud and then i i literally couldn't even put a tampon in for a full year because i was it was so traumatic to like have that experience it was really really bad not to scare anybody away from getting iud's that is certainly not everybody's experience but if i could do it again i would be like you're putting me under or Mm -hmm. i'm killing you do we understand each other (laughs) Yeah, I will say, though, like I have seen other people say it was the worst experience of their life. Like some people say it's the best thing they've ever done. But then other I have seen other people say that as well. Like it's just a really terrible personal too. like your body. We're we're willing to try it. Like we're we don't have to have a fucking baby. Like, wow, I didn't know it was that bad, actually. Have we talked about really bad? We we may not have been super good friends. This was June. Yeah, this I think was my junior year of senior year of college. I think it was my senior year of college, but it was like December of my senior year of college, not in the spring when we really became friends. I mean, this stuff is like hard to talk about, too. So, yeah, I don't know why I would have ever brought it up to you. Like, oh, yeah, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, Michaela, you were really brave when Roe v. Wade got overturned and you were telling your story a little bit on Twitter, which, you know, it's something that we had maybe talked about a little bit as friends, but I don't know that you'd ever really talked about it um, publicly. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about your experience with abortion. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened with me, and then we're going to talk about other people's stories as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to say, like, there's no one way this happens yeah, or one way that people feel about it. There's really, like, a whole variety. Mine was when I was 19. It was the first week of college. Um, Oh, no. So I had just moved across the country. Well, only a few states over, but I had moved to another state. Um, My -hmm. boyfriend at the time moved with me. We had been together for four years. Basically, what happened is I had been on birth control, but I was moving and I went on vacation and I just kind of messed up the cycle of it. Yeah. I was like a couple weeks late and thinking it was just from stress of going to college and like it being hot outside. Totally. Whatever. Um, I took the first test though because my boobs were hurting and I was peeing a lot and I was like, I don't know, I'm just probably anxious. It's not going to say that I am, but I should take it anyway. And there was like 
a faint second line. And for some reason, my stupid ass was like, oh, that means it's negative. <laughs> like, my boyfriend and I were like, woohoo, it's Bye-bye. negative. We're all fine. Another week goes by. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I need to take another one. Second line comes up a little bit darker this time. I look it up and we find out that any second line whatsoever means that you are pregnant. Um, So... Oh, it's sort of like COVID. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and now now people probably know better because of the COVID tests. Right. (laughs) So then we were like, oh, that first one was positive too. Now we know, I guess. Honestly, the process of booking appointments was very, very difficult. I had to go to multiple different Planned Parenthoods. They made me do an ultrasound. They made me look and like hear the heartbeat. They showed me all of the brochures on the options and like adopting and the risks. They weren't super against it. The protesters outside were. I was in Arizona, so it's like not the best. Yeah. And I think it was $600. We did not have that kind of money. So we had to call my boyfriend at the time's mom, who he hardly ever saw. She was really nice about it. But yeah, I didn't want my parents to know. Um, Yeah. But then Planned Parenthood sent the paperwork to their house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I... My emotional state was pretty messed up. It was never in the sense of like, I don't want to do this. I always knew that I was going to get the abortion, but it it's like a indescribable feeling to know that something that could become your child is growing inside you as you're doing these things. And they keep like making you wait for the next appointment. And as you're waiting, you become more and more aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine was only at like five weeks, so I was able to do the pills um, and it was really, really bad. Like, honestly, if mm-hmm. it happened to me again, I would probably choose to do the surgical. I bled for three months. I had to drop out of sorority rush because I couldn't be away from a bathroom and stand in line for longer than an hour. I mean, I was vomiting all the time. I got chills. It's not everyone's experience. Like, I read plenty of stories from other girls who said that um, they did the pill and only bled really badly for like a week or something. I don't know why mine was so long. (laughs) My nephew was born my first day of school, the week that I found out. So every time I would like send him a birthday present in the following years, I would just get really sad about it um and it was also the year of the 2016 election so (laughs) there was a lot of propaganda everywhere yeah Yeah. i don't know it's a lot like it's hard to describe the feeling of not regretting it but knowing and wondering what it would have been i guess i don't know that's why i think for me when people make jokes about it it's really hard i really think i would urge anyone who's talking to someone who's had an abortion to feel out how they think about it before you start making a joke. And I understand the the desire to do that comes from a place of wanting to show you don't think it's a big thing. You don't think they've done this awful thing. It's just a thing that happens. But for some people, it's really traumatic and yeah. really hard. And we should try to be listening first to hear how they feel about it before we get into that. But that's that's mostly what happened with me. <laughs> well thank you I mean that's that's it's really great that you're sharing it there are so many people who would never do it honestly would never talk about it because of the way that society like reacts to it but we did Mm -hmm. have some listeners who asked some questions if you want to if you want to answer these absolutely I would love to okay so this was the question number one 
um, where a listener said, when did you forgive yourself? I saw you tweeted that 19-year-old you would have cried from being called a murderer. How and when did your mindset change? When did you become sure in your decision and no longer felt guilt? Yeah, this question's a little off to me because I didn't, I never felt guilt about it. The reason Mm -hmm. that like being called a murderer bothered me is because other people think that. Right. It wasn't because I really thought I killed someone. It was never, that was never my mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. The forgiving yourself question is hard because it wasn't, I didn't feel like I needed to forgive myself either, but there was a point where I became more accepting of the fact that it happened and less ashamed, I guess, like just about what other people would think about it. So yeah, it wasn't really as much of like an internal thing, but I know that it can be for some. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. And honestly, when I tweeted about having an abortion, that was seven years later. And that was the first time I ever felt comfortable publicly saying anything. Even when I saw stuff online that like was really offensive, I didn't engage in the conversations in a way that made it clear that it's something I'd experienced because I just, I don't know, it's scary. Like they're literally changing laws now where people can be considered murderers for it. Like it's... No, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, Okay, so this one says... Okay, a month after I had received an abortion, I saw you share your story. I don't know you personally, but it helped to see that someone I quote unquote know understands what it's like. As someone who has not told anyone until now, I really admire your bravery for sharing it publicly. I guess my question is, how did you work up the nerve to not only tell your friends and family, but to tell basically the world? Yeah, so this was honestly because I was so scared to that I did it. I think for me, in my mind, I was like, if I feel this scared to talk about it how scared must everyone else feel I don't know there's just something so relieving seeing someone else say this because it's not that unique or rare of an experience but it's so not discussed um and I didn't work up the bravery to tell my parents Planned Parenthood did that and I told some of my friends over time but not the way that I talk about anything else like I've maybe brought it up to three or four throughout my life (laughs) I think what you what even you had said was like you it was one line in a paragraph about something else (laughs) like it wasn't because I didn't want it to be examined right I know you were like and when I had my abortion um and then also and I was like I don't really know what I'm supposed to do she said I'm supposed to say that yeah I don't know it's weird like I'm so open about so many things but that's just one thing that until now I've really struggled being open about I think we all sense yeah we all have our things but like this has a huge stigma around it so it completely makes sense that you would have um, a hard time okay so there's just one more so Mm -hmm. I think this is an interesting question so what was Mm -hmm. the most difficult thing for you when you went and had your abortion and if you had to have one now what would be the most difficult for thing for you and would they be the same yeah, um, I think the most difficult thing was probably the physical pain and then like just the emotional wondering for like a few years and just thinking about the what ifs, um, not in a way of regret. Like I, there was never been a moment where I've been like, oh, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Not a single time in my life have I ever thought that, but just like Yeah, I don't know the wondering like you were so close to having a completely different life and having someone that you would have loved like 
even if it was hard, you would have loved like and been your whole world. So it's just weird. It's like a weird thing to be aware of. And now I don't even know, like, honestly, I'm almost at a place where I'm ready to have kids, but I would probably, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I did not mean to make the face that I just made. (laughs) Oh yeah. They can't see what face you made. You were shocked. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm still like a couple years out now, but it's so different from where I was then. Yeah. And like at that point, I was with someone who I never wanted to be the father of my children. (laughs) Like he had just cheated on me. Like, I don't don't know. It was, yeah, it was just not the ideal situation. Now, hopefully I'm in a more stable position and I probably, if I got pregnant this year, would have an abortion again, but I'm pretty careful yeah. now. <laughs> did, well, you're very careful now. Did you? <laughs> I practice abstinence now. You really so. do. You really do. Were there, this is a question that just of mine. Um, you went to Planned Parenthood with your boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if it was you back then and you could tell yourself something like, particularly surrounding the protesters and stuff, would you have wanted to bring more people with you? Like what would have been a more the most comfortable experience for you going into a scary thing like that? Um, I think either going with my boyfriend or with a friend, depending on how good my relationship with the boyfriend had been. I really wouldn't want a lot of people around because it's right. I don't want them to know. It's almost like more embarrassing for me to have those things shouted at me and have like people hear oh, it. see that, yeah. I think like one person is the ideal for me or going, al- I could do it alone. There's really no ideal. <laughs> no, of course not. But like to make it more comfortable. You yeah. Know? And like having someone to drive you back and forth, obviously. Right. And like sit next to you because it's like stressful. I feel like when you're in the waiting room, everyone's kind of sussing each other out of like, are you here for the bad thing or are you here for <laughs> well, just a normal? a lot of things, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about some listener sent in stories. And I just want to reiterate again, like, I really appreciate you guys talking to us about these things. It was very, very brave of you. Yes. And also really just inspiring to me personally hearing this made me feel a lot better and less alone. So I hope if you're listening out there, it helps you too. Well, I would love to read the first story. So this one says... I had an abortion a little over a year ago. The guy that got me pregnant, we only did it for about four months, blamed it on me, gaslit me to think that we were only friends with benefits. Okay, I'll kill him right now. Drove <laughs> me to and from the appointment and then stopped at a car shop to have me drive his car home on the way back and then ghosted me immediately after and then said that the whole thing was too much for him while I was dealing with hormone changes, body changes, and going through my senior year of college and starting a field placement doing supervised visitations. All of that to say, the nurses that took care of me were angels they held my hands and consoled me while I cried I would go through the whole thing again to be where I am now it was sad and I didn't want to do it but I knew I had to to be able to achieve my goals abortion is health care and health care is a human right oh, am I getting emotional <laughs> I know I know it made me really emotional too because like just how hard it is even having the other person who was half responsible like support me and like take responsibility for the fact that it was just as much their fault yeah like it still makes you feel really lonely because it's not something you want to tell everyone about. So the fact that like even that one person just made her feel worse, really, it made me feel really bad. And, you know, if you want to drop his name and address, you know, I know some guys, you know. (laughs) Okay, this one I wanted to talk about because it's um, 
It's a little bit of a different story, but it's a really important perspective. She said, very, very wanted pregnancy, tried for months, found out at 13 weeks that there were genetic abnormalities. Further testing confirmed that it was likely not compatible with life, not to mention I was getting sicker and sicker, made the heartbreaking decision to terminate. They made me listen to the procedure steps in detail twice, 24 hours apart to give consent. Wait seven weeks from the original diagnosis. At this point, I was very sick and had started to feel movement. Traveled 2.5 hours for a two-day procedure, even though it was legal in my state. No doctors in my hometown wanted to perform it because it was the time the legislation was going around, talking of a federal ban. This was all for a very wanted but very, very sick baby. I'm now seven weeks pregnant again and terrified of history repeating itself. Fucking Iowa. (sighs) This one made me really sad because it's like, there really is such a huge scope for abortion and this is a situation that's also at risk because of the abortion bans where you're making a traumatizing situation of where you're losing your child against your will even worse because Mm -hmm. you're drawing it out longer you're making them look at stuff that makes it harder treating them with shame it's it's also like the it's fucked up to you know, make them line by line learn about the procedure because surgery in general Mm -hmm. is gross and terrifying. If you told me about open heart surgery, it probably sounds just as scary and gross, but like they're doing it to scare you, to make you not do something that you already don't want to do, clearly. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, so this one says, my boyfriend of six months and I were living together in my one-bedroom apartment at the time. I was on birth control, used protection, and even got my period. Very slim chance of that happening ever, but it did. I was eight weeks when I had my DNC because we knew that we could not provide a life for a child, and I didn't want my child in the system. We are nine years older now, married in a home with three dogs that we could afford because we finished college, started careers, and had an abortion. Thank you for sharing your story. I really like that. I mean, I it's hard, but then it has this happy ending of like, that's not the end of the story. Just because you have an abortion with someone you love at a younger age doesn't mean that later on you can't have children together and have a really happy life and know yeah. that now you're in a better situation. Um. Okay, this one says... Hi, for the pod, I had an abortion when I was 19, and honestly, it was really scary. Something no one tells you about is how hard it is to wake up from sedation. And then they left tissue in me, and I had sharp pains for a week before I could travel back to Phoenix from Prescott so the doctor could reevaluate me. It was so painful, so scary, and heartbreaking reading the propaganda about how I'll never have my first child. I remember waking up from being sedated and just hearing another woman sobbing quietly next to me. But having access to this healthcare is so, so important because my life would not be what it is if I'd had a child that young. Anyway, I really appreciate you and Ellie doing an episode about this. I know it's a very personal experience to talk about. I'm getting emo- I'm sorry. I'm like emotional about this stuff. What I think is also really hard when talking about abortion is because there's so much like vitriol of mm-hmm. like there's no like rational conversation that people who are against it have about it. Like you're being called like all these things are being called a murderer. There are people trying to constantly take the the choice away from you without understanding at all that like this it's 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 an impossible choice. You're making an impossible choice, you know. And it's just really not talked about with the scope of these people's humanity, which is why I think reading these stories is so important and like having them be heard because it's really the biggest thing that's left out of the conversations. Okay, this is a nice one. Good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hi. Um, 
I had a really positive surgical abortion experience at Planned Parenthood a few months ago. I'm in law school at Georgetown and their health insurance didn't pay for it, which sucked. And it cost $800 because of their Catholic values. But there was so much joy in getting my body back. My period was only a week or so late. I was already so sick. I was constantly throwing up. Would have had to drop out of the semester for sure. If my boyfriend and I didn't share the cost and I couldn't have afforded it or accessed the procedure, I don't know what I would have done. The most ridiculous part was I had a perfectly in place IUD, which is why the narrative about being irresponsible makes me so angry. Not that it's even relevant because every single person deserves abortion access anyway, but nothing is 100%, not even abstinence, because sexual assault exists. Wow. Yeah. Um, this one said, I had an abortion at 24. I was in a relationship with a great guy, but I just knew that I didn't want to be with him forever. I had just been hospitalized a few months before with pancreatitis that happened because of my excessive drinking. I was starting my journey becoming sober and struggling a lot with that. I was working as a server, making barely enough money to support myself. I felt very guilty about my abortion because I was an adult, had a partner, had a job, and had a family that would have been supportive had I chosen to continue the pregnancy. My partner at the time drank a lot. He was never abusive or anything, but I had an alcoholic father and I didn't want to bring a child into the world who would also know alcoholic parents because I know how hard it was for me. We broke up and I'm sober now. I got a better job, am in the happiest relationship of my life and feel happier than ever. If I hadn't had an abortion, my life would look very different now. I truly don't feel I would have been able to give my child a happy life. I no longer feel guilty because I know in my heart that it was the right choice and my life needed to be saved too. I cried at the last part. Because <laughs> My life needed to be safe too. I know. Yeah, that one really got me. These people are like really elo- eloquent. Is that a word? No, it is a word. <laughs> eloquent. Yeah, they're like very, very well spoken, well written, I guess, but well spoken. So this one says, it makes me so happy to see people using their platform to talk about this. I'm excited to hear the episode. I had an abortion when I was 19, and it's still pretty hard to speak about due to the way people still treat abortion. But still, to this day, I don't regret it. I was on birth control. It failed. I stand by my decision. I was in no place mentally, physically, or financially to take care of a child and 100% knew in my heart it was the right decision for me. I'm so grateful I had those resources to help me because if I didn't, I have no idea where I'd be today and I don't think it would be good. Now that I'm 23, looking back at my 19-year-old self, I was just a kid. I was so young and to be put in that kind of position is so draining. I feel guilty sometimes, but I've never regretted it. I just want people to know that it's okay. No need to feel shame for something you know in your heart is right for you, despite what anyone else thinks. Thank you for speaking about it and thank you for giving me a space to speak about this. When she says like her 23 yourself looking back at her 19 yourself who was just a kid, I was just, I don't know. It's just really beautiful. It really is. All these people are really amazing for Mm -hmm. sharing this. Yeah. And also there's like a lot that we're probably not going to have the time to get to. But every story, I mean, like I was just so moved and touched by and like really appreciate you guys sending them in. There's one that I can't find now, but I remember um, she said something about how the nurse tried to tell her like 100% of people regret their abortion. And and just every single one that I've gotten has shown that to not be the case. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's people out there who chose to not have an abortion and are glad that they didn't have an abortion, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone be like, I really regret what I did. Um, okay, I'm going to share this one because she actually talks about a service she found that seemed pretty useful. Oh. They wrote in, I saw your post about your upcoming podcast and I just wanted to share my last abortion experience. I've had two and this last one was with my long-term boyfriend. 
I live in Denver and Planned Parenthood was backed up for months, so after some research, I found HeyJean that discreetly sent me the at-home kit in three days. This isn't a plug or anything, but I just want people to be aware of what is still available. HeyJean is only available in a couple states for now, but I can't explain the relief I had getting my pills so quickly. They did a sliding scale price based on my income, so it was actually cheaper than Planned Parenthood. Wow. People think it's more available than it is in places like Denver, but it's still hard sometimes. There's only one Planned Parenthood in Denver that offers abortions, and the one time I went there, they treated me horribly. I was so thankful to have another experience. I think this was like also just important to talk about because another aspect of it is how backed up a lot of the clinics that do mm-hmm. these things are. I mean, we talked about Wyoming a little bit earlier, and Wyoming apparently only has one clinic in the state that does abortions. So it's not just about being able to pay for it or like making the choice that you want to do it and getting through the emotional and like physical hurdles of it. Sometimes you literally don't have access. Yeah. Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho, between those three states, apparently there's only like, <laughs> I don't remember what what it was, but it was really like there was like one therapist, <laughs> like in all three states that oh people had God. to go to. Like no one could get mental health care. I imagine it's similar. Oh my God, that's crazy. No, like, it's really crazy. Another story I read about the Wyoming one that's like opening, I guess, is some woman came and tried to shoot it up or like burned it to the ground or something. What was it? Did you see what? Oh, let me look it up because I don't want to say it wrong. Yeah. So she set fire to it. Woman accused of setting fire to planned Wyoming abortion clinic. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. And thank you again. Really, really appreciate all of your stories. Um, There's so much we couldn't get to. And I mean, I know it was also a heavy topic. Maybe we should have (laughs) done a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, but it is an episode about abortion. So So I feel like that's uh, it. Sort of a That's a giveaway. We could, we could sort of title it trigger warning abortion. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, but we really appreciate it. Um, we love hearing from you guys. You're all so well spoken and impressive. I I like to think that this is sort of similar to, you know, when people first started talking about things like mental health, depression, and all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff, it sort of opened up doors that didn't weren't open before because people were starting yeah. to like really discuss it. And you know, that doesn't really happen that often with abortion. And I think whenever it does, it makes a big impact because mm-hmm. you just aren't used to hearing it. Yeah. yeah, I think that was like a big part of my initial thought process on it where people will say, normalize talking about depression or ADHD. And like, I do think a lot of those things have become more normalized. Pretty normalized. Yeah. But there are other things now that still are not. And normalizing actually is a useful tactic for like showing the yes. humanity and the people who have yes. it or have done it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, for what it's worth, like I said this when Roe v. Wade was overturned, Mm -hmm. you know, like if it was if if it was me and I was in the situation, I can't carry a pregnancy to term with the way that my body is right now. I can't Mm -hmm. like there would be no choice for me. It's it's I get an abortion or I die. And it's not always as dire as that. But that is a circumstance that happens to people. And it's just ridiculous that even that choice is being taken away. Yeah. And for some people, like it's really no big deal. For some people, yeah. it's just a really easy process. There's really wasn't no the right time for them or mental or emotional issues with it. Um, it's it's really a varied experience. It's really personal. Yeah. So thank you again. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Do you want to do the tarot card of the week? I would love to do the tarot card of the week. <laughs> little little spring tarot action. I'm going home, by the way. Next next time we do podcasts, it'll be broadcasting live from my parents' house. Special guest star, your parents' dog. Josie. Yeah, we're having a little girls weekend. <laughs> <laughs> 
my parents are on a little vacation, which they very much deserve because I love my parents. I want to buy them a, a big, beautiful home, you know, <laughs> like I just think they deserve the world. But yeah, they're going on a little vacation. And I was like, I'll watch the fucking dog. Don't Aww. put her in a kennel. I will that's literally so fly fun. home just to watch her. So <laughs> that's what we're doing. Really excited. Going to do some interesting streams with my like sad little webcam and my laptop. I think I'm going to do a cooking stream. Wait, show us your childhood room. When I'm there, I will. Yeah, I want to see it's, it. You've seen it. It's Baker Miller pink. Speaking of color theory. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> it's mental hospital pink for some reason. That's the color that we painted it when I was like seven. Okay, so tarot card of the week. A little spring reading for our, our little passengers. Mm. Passengers makes us sound like a cult. I don't. Oh, this. I one know. Really I would out. love to try to come up with a name at some point. If you guys have any suggestions for a name <laughs> of the people who listen to our podcast, because I think passengers really, really sounds like we're in a murder cult. Yeah, like there's something really murder culty about it. Like it technically works, but it has a sinister Ooh. vibe to it, and not in like the sinister vibe way I usually like. Oh, did you get a card? I got two, actually. They just jumped out of my deck. And so I was Ooh. like, well, I'm guessing that the universe wants us to hear it. So it's interesting. We have two cards reversed. One is the world reversed and one is the devil reversed. I don't think I've ever pulled the world. So that's kind of a fun little moment for us. Um, let's see what we need to know. Maybe one of them is like a general thing and then one is like a specific thing. I like when it's from the major arcana, like the uh, the named ones and not the numbered ones. I don't know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our first card, the devil, reversed, means dark thoughts and emotions. Detachment releases self from self-imposed suffering. Mm. That is a really interesting interpretation with this one. Releasing yourself from self-imposed suffering. I think that's a really good goal and kind of goes along with like what we were talking about in the beginning as well. Like yeah. just the breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, the breadcrumbs. And then the other one is the world reversed, which means delays, things not working out as you hoped and stagnation. So I wonder, sometimes it's a cause and effect card where it's like, if you don't do this, this will happen almost like a warning. Mm -hmm. So I feel like let's take the time to really release our, like the things that we put upon ourselves, like the, mm. the, um, you know, the, the mean words we say in our own heads or the self-imposed sort of boundaries like, oh, I can't do this. I can't wear that, you know, um, mm -hmm. get rid of that because it's not going to help you grow because this one is all about like the world upright is about traveling and changing and like really experiencing life, which I think is very springy. But mm -hmm. reverse, that means it's like blocked, right? It's like the opposite of Ooh. all those things. And we don't want to experience that. So let's like let go Let's let go a little bit. Let's unblock it for the spring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We want to do a little shout out for our birthday pigs, Katie oh, yes. and Flower Turtle. Love you guys. To become a birthday pig, you can go to patreon.com slash late night drive pod. We will be putting out another bonus episode this week. And we have an Instagram page where we love to chat. And that is also late night drive pod. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find us personally, Michaela's on Twitter at Michaela Okla, and I'm on Twitter at Holy underscore Schnitt. You can also um, see us on Instagram, Michaela Oakland and Ellie wow. Schnitt. Really oh simple. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can also, you know, if you want to, you can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ellie Schnitt. We have a good time over there. Uh, so love you guys. 
I love you. you. I I really really want to say like it's it means a lot to be trusted with like a very delicate topic, and I hope that yeah. we did it you know justice in a way that made you feel supported and loved, which is what we always. I mean, that's my always my goal with my content. Mm-hmm. So I love you guys very much. And as always, have a good day. Have a good night. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Hope it's a great one. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for coming <laughs> to Linda Drive. We hope you enjoyed the drive. Mm-hmm. We need like drums added to that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.